Bruce Whitfield. On to pubs. Have you ever wanted to own a pub or own a brewery or own a brewery in a pub? Oh, it gets better and better. I think at every point, somebody, if you've ever worked in a restaurant or a bar, you go, oh, wouldn't it be nice to own this place? I could do so much more with it than the other guy did uh, or the current management is doing. Wouldn't it be nice to have a great place with regulars who keep us in business and they add charm and character and the joy of life and they, they're treated like a home away from home? But oh, it's horrendously hard work. If you've ever worked in a bar, and I've done many, many hours in bars in my times on both sides of the counter, I assure you it's much <laughs> it's much nicer being served than it is doing the serving. Fun for a bit. But by 11 o'clock at night, at least one of your customers is bound to have had a bad day and gets a bit agitated and wants to share that bad day with you um, in an exuberant and excessive form. And it does get exhausting after a while. But I suspect making a living from running a pub is a lot harder than you would think that it is, especially if you're also brewing your own beer. Nowadays, Hannes Kreling is the owner of Gilroy's Brewery. But take me back a little bit here, please, Hannes, if you would, because we had Steve Gilroy on the show a while back, and he was saying he'd arrived in South Africa, I think, in about 1970, early 1970s. He found the beer undrinkable, so he started brewing his own in his factory and then was brewing too much beer, so you had to make it legal. And he then started Gilroy's Brewery brewery which was out in the middle of nowhere in those days um but but you kind of were you a regular patron what is the connection between you and and of course uh, steve gilroy the founder of the business good evening bruce and thank you for having me on your show and thank you to the listeners for listening I truly hope there's a beer or two in your hands right now <laughs> as you listen to this. No, some of us are working. <laughs> some of us are working. <laughs> and I get it. But we have to enjoy life. Otherwise, it's just life. So, Bruce, what happened was, um, you know what? I've, I've always been a fan of beer. I've always loved a good beer, especially the best. And I fell in love with Steve and Gilroy's. In roughly 1999, we went to a bachelor's party at his brewery in Rudapur. And um, we're not allowed to talk about that night anymore. Um, it's, we've written a contract, but <laughs> we can't talk about that night anymore. But it was a great night. And since then, we've been firm friends. And some even call us beer dad and beer son. Uh, I often get it that I am his son. Everybody thinks I'm his son, but we are not blood related. We are beer related. It happens quite often. And especially with our patrons, which we see as family, we're all beer related. Now, what happened was Steve brewed for about two years relatively illegally, as Irish people tend to do. And relatively then in 2000, illegally. Now, there's, yes. no, there's no, there's no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on one second here, Hannes. You're either pregnant or you're not. It's either legal or it's not. He was breaking the law. I mean, he was being a naughty little Irishman, wasn't he? And he was, well, he was, he was Steve Gilroy. And exactly. <laughs> anybody that knows Steve Gilroy knows he's a character. And um, yes, exactly. so he did it for a while. And in 2000, he found his liquor license. And um, then he started doing it legally, which took all the fun out of it, as he used to say. <laughs> um, but until roughly 2008, he ran from Rudabud where he had his little brewery. And then we went from there, he went to Mulder's Drift. And in Mulder's Drift, it was, it was a beautiful venue, and we really loved the venue there. And he did very well for himself. Um, it ran until about 2020 that it went quite badly. And I phoned Steve in COVID 
you know, COVID was incredibly hard for the microbreweries, the micro manufacturers. We took a lot of strain and um, I phoned him one day just out of the blue trying to find out how it's going and also finding out if he's possibly got something on the side, but he told me he does not. And then I ended up buying Gilroy's Brewery. It, w- it was a hard move and um, me and him had a long discussion and I told Steve, you know what, I love you, buddy, so I'm going to keep you on as long as it takes. Teach me how to brew. I came from a structural steel background. I had no idea. I was there for 18 years. And um, I always tell people, it's it's hard to explain to people how to do something like this. Where COVID happens, your life is very strange at this time, and you don't know where you're going. And then you want to change. And a lot of people want to change, but they don't really know how to do it. So that's where being just a little bit drunk helps. Because if you're just a little yeah. bit drunk and you don't really think <laughs> about what you're doing, then you buy a brewery in the middle of this COVID. Is a, this is, and a, when this you is buy, terrible advice. This is absolutely yeah, it's tra- terrible advice. It, but that's it's, why I said it's I, terrible I, advice. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. And when you're drunk enough and you buy a brewery in COVID, which is quite hard, then you've got to make it work. You've now committed to this thing and you've got to make it work. And I've got to say, we did quite well. However, with ESCOM and the load shedding, it was very tough in Mulder's Drift. And unfortunately, we had to move. Um, It took two years. I spoke long and hard with Steve and we decided that we've got to find a new home. We've got to find a place where we we can build a new family and, and new friends and I was very fortunate to find a place in Paul's off, right in Ravonia, right off the highway. And it, it's it been good for us. We moved in March this year, March 25th, okay. and basically opened from, from April. And it's been good. We've had eight months there. It's hard going. Don't get me wrong. I will strongly suggest against opening a brewery. And then Ever. building a new yes. brewery and a restaurant and a pub and then moving that same brewery into a new venue. It is absolutely mental. And luckily, I've got a lot of beer to support me through this process. No, I also no, have a absolutely. good family I mean, you, that helped you, me through it. You've got, you've got, you've got your medicine on, on tap, literally, uh, on that particular front. But did you just find that, I mean, the? It, I think it was terribly romantic to have a country pub at some point. But in the era, era of Uber and need to get volumes through the door. You know, being stuck in a rural location is, I think, a lot less romantic uh, than perhaps it was 10, 15 years ago when people were a little bit more uh, uh, lax with their observation of drink driving rules and stuff. And I think yeah, we've all grown up a little bit and mm-hmm. people are wanting more of an urban experience. 100%. Um, it's a great getaway. It's, it's everybody's Saturday and Sunday getaway. Okay, everybody, into the car. Let's go into the country. We're going to drink a few beers. And then about three o'clock, after about six beers, you reckon, how do, I, how do we get home now? Amazing. Everybody's had a beer <laughs> or two. And then you start phoning Uber, and the mm-hmm. Uber struggle to go out that way because there's no other service in that area. It's literally just a few yeah. pubs and the whole Mulder's Drift that's, that's ordering Ubers. So that was a problem. It was a big reason for us to move. I tried very hard to bring big bands into the venue on Friday nights, and we did quite well there. We had some great local artists. I'm a big fan of local artists, and you'll you'll notice that we have 
live music mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the way through, because I I honestly feel I feel bad for the guys since COVID. Uh, local music took a strain. Local breweries took a strain. The, the small craft guys really took a hit, and they're still struggling yeah. to get out of it. So if 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 when, you when, listen you to scan, the, go mm, buy a craft. When, 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 okay, we got the ad. We got the plug. We got the plug. Behind us. When you look yeah, at no, the I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to do it. <laughs> Uh, when we, we we look at the decision making process, yeah, you, you're a guy who's been in the steel business for a long time. You've got a passion for uh, a guy's product, and you are a regular patron of his product. And he falls on tough times in COVID and decides that no, this far and no further. Um, you know, as much passion and as love as you got for something after 50 years, when everything goes against you in the way that COVID did, and the way in South Africa responded to the liquor industry, um, it, it you you were, you was on a losing wicket. You've, you've done a very courageous thing. I've no doubt you've invested a lot of money in new technologies, in a new brewery, in moving location. Um, do your family members still speak to you, uh, considering that you've you know, probably spent you know, about three inheritances um, on, on, this, on this project? Because I can't imagine it's come cheaply. <laughs> no, um, it has not come cheaply, and it's not easy on the family. I'll be honest with you; it's never easy to do something we've just done. But luckily for me, um, I've got a very good family. I've got a very good support base, and um, again, because I drink, I numb a lot of n- noise out. And it's not—it's not a plug for drinking beer. It's a plug for drinking good beer. As soon as you drink that first good beer, you're happy. But I've got a good wife, I've got a good son, and I've got a good support base on my father, and he he does help me a lot. And then Steve also assisted quite a bit with the, the brewing technology, um, but it did take a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of money to move what we've done. No, absolutely. And I, I suppose you've reinvigorated the brand as well, because it's quite easy to go out and get forgotten in the middle of nowhere. You're now more of an urban brew literally. And I, I wonder how that has changed the nature of the business, how it's changed the nature of the customer, how it's changed the way in which you operate. Well, it's definitely changed our timings. We used to be quite busy on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, but again, because you were in Mulder's Drift, you would be busy from about 12 o'clock until 4 or 5 o'clock. And then everybody wanted to hit the road before it was night. Uh, right now, we've picked up quite a bit Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And okay. that's good because now you've got a more consistent trade. And the consistent trade is what keeps the business going. You can do as well as you want on two days, five hours a day. But you can never keep a business going 10 hours a week. It's impossible. And that was a hard lesson to learn. I had the romanticism of it in my head for two years that this is the best venue. We can make it work here. But there is a point in time where you have to make a hard decision. And that hard decision was moving the business. I can promise you, Bruce, we did not sleep for four months building that place. And um, again, I, I say it with candor that you've got to be a little bit special to do this type of thing. If if you if you're smart, you're never going to do it. If if you think about it all the way through, you're just never going to do it. 
And thank goodness for the dreamers. I mean, I think this, and so often, I mean, people go and they get involved in a dream and often it doesn't work out. Often the coffee shop dream doesn't work out. I mean, our good friend David Shapiro, who is a phenomenal stockbroker, loves sport and sporting memorabilia and stuff and started a business, I think, about 20 years ago. And he he admitted to us, he just said, look, it's a terrible idea. You know, passion projects are often terrible businesses. Is this turning into a decent business decision or are you wishing you'd stayed more uh, sort of closer to the steel trade as which is your area of expertise well i've got to say i i think i made the right move at the right time we have substantially increased our turnover um we've got constant regulars coming in and i've got to i've got to say thank you to those regulars you know it's i was very concerned moving into an urban center out in the Bundus, you you felt you had family. You felt those guys were there, and they they were family. They are still good friends to us. But I was very concerned moving into an urban center that you would only get the day trade. You would only get your your office workers, and then they go home. But we were very fortunate that we've got a good community. We've got a good base, and it it's important these days that people have a little bit of social cohesion. It's it's so hard. Today, especially after COVID, where everybody sits, for instance, they they order all their food in. They order their takeaways in. They never yeah. have. A lot of people don't have personal interactions anymore. And those personal connections disappear. And that's why why the local pub is so critical. It's so important yeah. where you can just sit behind the bar. Like you said earlier when you introduced me, at 11 o'clock, you've got a regular that had a hard day. And that hard day... He can spill across the counter to you. And you become, I'm not saying you're, you're becoming the best psychologist in the world because you're probably also drunk, but at least he can voice his concerns. And that social cohesion does not exist as much as it used to. Yeah. And I mean, so many restaurants why, now, why I mean, so are, but, but, yeah, nine o'clock people aren't serving anymore, you know, and it's just because patterns have changed so dramatically. You go through Santon and the, you know, the restaurant trade by nine o'clock, people are in bed. Um, and I think that's that's a, a fundamental shift. And I'm not too sure when it comes back to, to big late night partying. This time of the year may be slightly different. Um, but yeah, the world certainly has moved on. The world certainly has changed. And I hope that um, you continue to thrive in this environment, Hannes, because you've done a gutsy thing, even though it was done uh, sort of uh, under, under du- not duress, under uh, mind-altering mind substances. Under drunk and, duress. And, uh, Oh, yeah, drunk race. There we go. Steve Gilroy, is he, is he still involved or is he not? Yes, Steve is still involved. He's currently on okay. a little bit of a break with his family visiting from, in, uh, sorry, America. and um, But he's still involved. We still do the beer experiences. And he is still the same Steve Gilroy. He's still incredibly naughty. And it's very hard to control him in today's day and age. But he's still who he is. I can only imagine the two of you together getting up to absolutely no good whatsoever. Hannes Grayling, thank you very much indeed. Uh, he is the new owner of Gilroy's Brewery, from fan uh, to owner of a business. And yeah, not not a classic textbook, not exactly what you would learn on an MBA, but people get to their, to their decisions in different ways. And this was done uh, under the influence of the product that he sells. And uh, yeah, some regret, maybe, uh, but also... 
a deep commitment to making it work in a brand new location, its third location in 30 years, uh, a more urban location, which I think is essential in this day and age, considering security issues, considering the issues around load shedding and the difficulty of getting Ubers into those more remote areas. I've been stuck out those areas doing conferences and stuff at some of the conference venues. And you wait for ages to get you know, from the cradle or wherever, sometimes if the Uber drivers are elsewhere engaged. And so, yeah, moving it into an urban setting perhaps is a smart move. We watch the space very closely. Hannes Freiling, the owner of Gilroy's Brewery, how he makes money on a Monday. The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield was brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking, bringing you award-winning trade and working capital funding solutions to unlock the full potential of your business story. APSA is a registered FSP.